back to that stuff with me today i'm sitting down with a very special guest goes by the name of chewy he is a sacramento artist and i feel blessed because i think this is the first artist that i've interviewed that had a wikipedia page so that's pretty cool nice (laughs) (laughs) and so he's been in the game for about 10 years he's He's been signed a couple of times. He's put in a lot of work. He's going up and down the coast. He's doing a lot of really cool stuff, but I don't want to, t- I don't want to tell you about everything about him. So I got to correct that. I have to correct that. I've never been signed, man. I've really? never been signed. And the thing is like, I walked into GameStop one time. Some dude was like, yo, I heard you turned on a Def Jam deal. I looked him dead in his eyes. I was like, Hey, if that's what you heard, I can't argue that. Dang. But like, oh, dog, I've never been signed. I have no reason to lie about that. I've never been signed. I've been so, independent. So my below the below the system or anything that that wasn't like signed or whatever. All they do is put my shit in iTunes. Like it's a it's a fifty fifty distro split. I've never been signed. Oh, ever. so okay, so yeah, it, I, so it's just a distribution deal. Yeah, no. All I've ever had is distro. That's all I do. Like I literally won't work if it's not fifty fifty split. I won't do shit. Period. Good. Like literally, I've never been signed. I refuse. That's fantastic. And the, and the reason is because I had a situation where uh, I was being managed by a record label, and they swapped my contracts out on some like extra weird shit. Uh, man, is my connection really? dying? I mean, you're frozen right now. Uh, now nah, you're back now. But uh, okay. Damn, I, like, um, are, you, are you allowed to talk about like what how they screwed you over? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. that yeah. Like I'm not signed. Yeah. No, uh, the, and the reason why, okay, I've never done anything other than 50-50 distribution. And the reason why is because I was being managed by a record label and they switched my contracts out on some weird shit when I went to do my opt-out. But, like, I've literally never been signed to a label. Like, they lied and told some lawyers that they signed me to their label because they were, like, doing weird shit. But I've never been signed to a record label. Okay. I've only ever had digital distribution. Okay. And so, and so I think anyone listening to this, like first thing to learn is that like, there's so many different things. Like people, people think like, just because you get like a distribution deal or because uh, you get a management deal, like, oh, you're like signed to a label. Like they just kind of like put it in, the, right, put it in right. that umbrella. So, I mean, that's the first thing. So like, yeah. So what, so since you have done distribution deals, what has that been like? Um, Like I said, that's how I primarily prefer to work because it's more so a partnership at that point. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, by contract, the label can't be telling you a bunch of shit to do. They can't demand all this weird shit from you. Like, straight up, it just says, yo, we're going to put your shit out, however much money it costs for us to do that. We're going to recoup that back. After we recoup that back, we're splitting everything by the terms that we agreed to split them on. So, like, now that I'm, now that I'm, like, more, now I have more seniority in the game, sometimes I get, like, 80-20 in my favor. But, yeah, like, I prefer to just do distribution because, like I said, everything is just straight cookie cut. You know, this is yeah. what we're going to do. And if that costs us any money, we're going to send you receipts for that. And then once we get our money back, everybody's going to get splits every month, straight forward 50-50 or, like I said, whatever you guys agree to. Because I think primarily now in the industry is 60-40 in the artist's favor. Fantastic. I mean, that, that's something that's been, like, bigger in the industry lately just because I think – I think like Russ and 21 Savage were like the first like big mainstream artists to like have 50, 50 distribution deals. Right. Like I was actually fortunate enough to, uh, I put out two albums last year, 2019. I put out two albums with more major distribution. Uh, they were distribution labels that were direct, uh, direct companies of Sony. Okay. But, uh, Sony didn't touch it at all. Like, these people's office is just in Sony. Sony basically gives them budget. They go out and they try to like 
talk people into taking however much they feel like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Sony give them like $150 million and they got to go out and sign artists and like make that back. So like, yeah. they only going to give me like pennies, you know? Exactly. Cause but like, I was, I, cause like every like major label is either under like Sony UMG and that's kind of right. basically it. For a long time, Sony owned like 80% of all record labels. I don't know how that goes anymore. Yeah. The, I mean, it's changed a lot cause UMG bought like a big stake of Sony's like catalog and everything. So there's so much confusion. Uh, there's so much confusion and stuff in there, but UMG, uh, universal music group is a huge player. Yeah. Didn't they just, uh, didn't they purchase Michael Jackson's publishing company? Yeah, I, I think that was like, or his like his publishing rights or something like that. It was like a really crazy thing yeah. about Michael Jackson and his Sony rights. It was really big on the internet. Yeah. I don't know for sure, so I don't want to like quote and like say that I know my exactly. Shit I don't, don't want to like but, say some stupid shit. But, but, I, but I but I but I did but I did hear something about like I don't know. No, it wasn't his masters. It was like something I know, but it did have something to do with Michael Jackson. I do remember that. I think it was his publishing because it was Sony ATV, and I know they do uh, sync licensing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is really cool. So like, this is the first time I've been able to like sit down like with an artist and actually like talk about like, talk about like labels, partnerships, uh, distribution deals, which is really cool. So what, so since you've done distribution deals, not only with uh, smaller companies, but also bigger ones that are under Sony, not, not exactly Sony. What, what has that experience been like? Like what were the differences that you saw? Um, in my personal experience, I've worked with below system records for over 10 years and uh, I've worked with them so closely because they're so adamant about straightforward business, you know, and he, mm -hmm. he believes in music too. So he goes a little bit above what he's supposed to contract wise. Like he'll, he'll even sometimes do management things and he'll sometimes do like publishing and sync licensing things. And he doesn't really need to do that. It's just distribution. Uh, what I found in my Nephilim album with working with that company, what I found was uh, more major distros have extremely great access to like Spotify playlists and whatnot. Um, the third one I did, like the, the second more major I did, um, I find that there are two types of minor majors. They'll either throw Sony in your face all the time because they think that's gonna make you move or they will contribute more behind the scenes action, you know? So like, yeah, to any untrained eye or to anybody that didn't know what was going on, the Nephilim album was just like a typical Chewy release. Uh, I did very, very, very good on the Spotify streams because they were good, they were good in, like they were good enough relationship with a lot of Spotify playlisting and like and the they- curators. And Spotify actually, like they showed me a lot of love sometimes too, just off the strength. So yeah, like the curators were very, very like open to receiving new sh shit from the album. They were open to like, oh yeah, we'll throw that in there. Cause it was good music and yeah. like, like that, that partnership worked really good. I, I kind of was just doing what I do and they did what they needed to do. The other one, not so much because like I said, some people kind of just throw something in your face and not really do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, it's and just like, like they, they want you underneath them and then they just kind of push out their other artists. Right. Like Nephilim is sitting at 4 million streams. The other album, same parent company, different major minor, less than 300,000. Okay. Oh, damn. You know, I, yeah. I personally didn't promote it because the other stuff that happened, but you like you get where I'm going. Like, yeah, Sony, yeah. Sony, Sony. So then, where are the streams? <laughs> exactly. exactly. They just kind of like put that, put dangle the carrot in front of you, and then you bite it, and then there's nothing there. Like they just take right. it away. 
and especially like I, I personally take pride in working hard and making sure that I give my all and bring my end to the table. So like I, I bust my ass and I was standing there like, all right, it's your turn. What you going to do? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, and so with the, with those ones, did you still have like the 50, 50 split with them? Uh, yeah, yeah. Still 50, 50 split. Um, I actually, I was able to get, so I did get, uh, advances for those two, fortunately, but like because my creative process is like so extensive, I spent most of my advance like on making more albums. Like, um, and with with what what with what most artists would have made, like really semi mediocre album, I made like fifteen albums with like one advance. Damn. Like no lie, I made a bunch of projects with one advance because I did a bunch of other shit with some friends. Like we got some things in the cut. Like I'm an avid worker, so. Uh, it's still 50 50, but like I said, you got to wait till they get their money back. Exactly. And so, and so like, I feel like a lot of artists these days are kind of like scared of like the advances route because they've just heard all the horror stories, especially like the 360 deals and all that. Like, right. Um, I personally want to say because, uh, based on the fact that I went through a label situation where I had listened, paid close attention, did everything I was supposed to do by contract and some people swapped my contract out. I can personally attest that record labels are not that shady, you know, because, yeah. and I, I, nothing I ever say is to boast myself up. It's just the extremity of some of the shit I've been told, you know? So like, this isn't to make me sound amazing or anything. This is like an honest to God fucking situation. I walked into a venue one time and the, the fucking DJ straight up asked me, do you have your music? And shit like that irritates me because I'm smart as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I was in honors classes in high school. I'm not fucking stupid. Like, mm -hmm. just because I rap and I do hoodlum shit, like, that's the environment I was raised in and who my family are. But I'm fucking smart. I'm smart as fuck. Always have been. So shit yeah. like that irritates me. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? I came here to perform. I'm not from Philly. I'm in fucking Philly. Why would I just be here with no music? Yeah. He should have told me, like, man, we get, like, sold out shows and artists don't even fucking have a laptop they got to push it up on spotify he was like like to be honest i'm fucking surprised that you're prepared like we're never like he was like we get people way bigger than you and they're never prepared booking agents have told me that i was saying all that shit to say most rappers are not very fucking intelligent and the ones that are they don't go through the problems that the ones that complain on instagram and shit do you know what i'm yeah. saying so like, when you see those artists talking about how they label fucking over it's because they didn't fucking realize what was going on. Most artists don't understand a 360 deal. And I no. think what a 360 deal is, is the label is going to take 80% of everything you make in exchange for that. They're going to make your merchandise. They're going to book your tours. Like they'll do every fucking thing for you, but you're going to get 20% of everything. Exactly. That's a 360 deal. And like that is, that's pretty much a mainstream distribution deal. Basically, you know, yeah. that's why you see most people come in the game and like you see people like Rick Ross, he came in the game did some shit for Def Jam for a while. Now he's got his own label distributed through Warner. Exactly. And, and no. the whole, uh, what is it, Maybach Music? Was Maybach Music is distributed through Warner Brothers. I actually got to go to Warner Brothers one time in my little fucking, in my reign of label meetings. Like And like every time I met with a label, they never wanted me. They'd be like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, you're on the right path. We'll check in in a few years and see what you're doing. That was always the thing. So I never got signed to a major. I never even got offered a major deal. I got offered plenty of partnerships and different, like, one-offs. Like I said, I'm, like, one-off champion. I refuse to do anything <laughs> if it's not a one-off. So I can personally say that most artists, when they say all that label shit, it's because they don't read their contract. 
Exactly. Like, I, I feel, I feel I like a lot of with a two page contract. The first page was the terms. The second page was the fucking track list. Six months after the project came out, these motherfuckers come trying to say that we owed them more money. When our recoup was fucking fat, it cost like $1,600 to put the album out. Our first, our first like three months recoup was like 1200 fucking bucks. And that was minus Spotify because they were having some delay or some issues. So our Spotify sales hadn't come in in the first three months recoup. So like standard shit, we were doing fucking fire. We were going to all eat hella fat and have recouped in like less than a year. And these motherfuckers, oh, you owe us more money. They were doing strange math. Then they literally were saying shit like, well, we thought that he was going to recoup his costs out of his half of the split. Like, who the fuck does what? that? Yeah. The homie loans me $50 right now. I make 100 and I'm like, oh, like, nah. Like, what? I don't owe you shit. Like, well, who does that? Like, I've had shit like that happen to me for straight up distribution. So I know for a fact these artists are just retarded sometimes. Yeah. I, and, and, like, feel- there are people like Lupe who get fucked over by labels and, like, creative aspects get taken and people won't let you release shit because they don't think it's going to fire off. But, like, no, most of these people are fucking SoundCloud rappers. Somebody told them 3,000, 4,000 or whatever number, and they were like, oh, hell yeah, and they didn't understand the logistics of what the fuck was going on. Not the logistics, not not the terms, not everything that was in the contract. They just They just saw the shiny object and were like, I'm going for it. And now what I will say is, I feel like labels do prey on people like that, you know, like they'll yeah. pursue you. And if you seem a little unknowledged then they're definitely going to throw shit in your face, but like, that's your fault, you know? Exactly. People tell me shit that sounds flashy all the time. And like, that shit ain't gonna feed my daughter. So like, I'm cool. No, you you actually got to like ask the questions. I'm like, no, you know what I mean? No like, well, how much is it paying? Uh, no, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> So, so since you've had a lot of experience uh, with a lot of one-offs and stuff, how did you get, and we're talking about like knowledge being key. How did, how did you learn like the terms of the deal? How did you learn to like know what not to sign and what to sign? Google. Google. Like straight the fuck up. Google. Um, when I got my first contract ever, it was for management and like not distribution at all. It was for management. And, uh, just because I'm like the type of person I am, I knew there was a rapper named Hopi. She's dope as fuck from the Bay Area. And also knew that uh, she was practicing law. So I straight up asked her one day on Facebook. I was like, hey, I'm about to like inquire about some, some shit from this company. Uh, can you look at this for me and tell me if it's like shady? Like if you need to get paid or whatever, let me know. But can you just look at this for me? Because I know you like working law. Like, it's, you literally just got to ask questions, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when I couldn't find the answers that I needed, I would just Google shit. My cousin did the same thing when he first ever signed his first distribution, like, two years ago. Uh, he told me, he was like, I didn't want to seem stupid. I didn't want to, like, irritate you. So, like, I read the contract and just Google whatever fucking word I didn't know. That's, like, that's, I, the, way, that's the way to do it. I would Google shit. And then like when I was like 15, I, I would see different shit on TV. I saw some shit on MTV and Kanye was explaining how uh, points work in the record industry, like points on an album. And he was explaining how advances work. And so like, I would just like, just listen to shit or just literally just ask questions. Like somebody offered me a contract and I would just sit there and read it. Or I would like, I'd ask my mom like, like, hey, what does this mean? Or like, hey, can you like look over this and tell me if it's weird? And uh, my wife, too, I would ask her shit all the time because she just, she's, uh, she is originally Vietnamese. Like, she gained American citizenship. 
So she's had to do a lot of like uh, translating and different shit for her parents. So she's done with, she's dealt with paperwork her whole life. So I would literally just ask her like, hey, I know you be like talking to lawyers sometimes. Can you like look over this to see if it's weird? Or like, can you ask one of them to like explain what this means? Like literally you just, if, if, you, if you want some answers to something, you will seek knowledge. Exactly. You know, so I literally would just ask people. If I knew somebody who knew somebody, I'd be like, can you ask them or can you have them explain this? Because I'm like, I don't want to just sign some shit away. But my mom was always adamant, too, when I was a child about like, don't just be signing shit. My dad, too. He like, you at the library, you read that shit. Don't just sign some shit. Yeah. You can no. sign up, whatever, you read that shit. Don't just sign it. Yeah, exactly. Like, always read it. And and I think that's key. Like, be, being humble enough to say, like, yo, I need some help with this because – uh, a producer friend of mine back home in the Bay Area, someone approached him uh, with a contract and he came to me and was just like, yo, like, can you look over this? Like, and I'm not a lawyer by any means, but I was able to pick out like certain things. I was like, yo, something doesn't seem right here, like in just right. this section. And then he was able to bring that to somebody more knowledgeable. And yeah, it was a super shady deal. Like, yeah, when I first had mine, they were saying some shit about life insurance in the contract. And I was like, yo, take that shit out or I'm not moving. And that, that was before I had anything else like, Anything else I seen weird when I read that clause, it was saying shit like they were allowed to take a life insurance policy on me. Take that shit out or I'm not moving nothing. I'm not doing shit. I will literally block you on everything. I'll stop rapping tonight. I'm not doing shit because that was just weird as fuck to me. And it was weird to me because I seen a documentary about Walmart doing that. Really? Walmart, uh, it's called a dead, plus, dead peasant clause or some shit like that. Dead peasant clause. Walmart will take out life insurance on like Walmart will hire mentally ill, mentally ill-fated or like extremely health depraved people and then take out insurance policies on them. They'll work hard to accelerate their death. When they die, they get like 15 fucking 25 fucking racks for them. Damn dude. Like, and because they're like signing paperwork to work at Walmart, it's in there that they can't do shit about it. Like their yeah. family asked out. So yeah, I saw that shit. I'm like, no, nah, you're not about to dead peasant me. Take that yeah, shit out. Or I'm not nothing. A couple, a couple years back, I had my life insurance license. I never really did anything with it, but like I took uh -huh. the test and I learned all the terms and stuff. And I could totally see them doing shady shit like that, where they'll basically take something out on you, basically get a whole big group policy for the whole company, so it's super cheap for them. And then, it, and then, if, in the case you pass away, boom, they get paid. And the thing is, is there was another clause in there where I, where it stated that, uh, see, and this is where people get fucked up at because they don't realize this. And this could all be conspiracy or whatever, but like, here's a small theory. So I read in my personal contract that it said that if I was anything to cause myself to be a liability to the label, they could immediately terminate my contract, i.e. imprisonment, uh, unlawful acts. So you see all these rappers, they'd be outside wilding the fuck out. The label encourages that shit because they have it in a contract that, well, we can encourage that this motherfucker act wild. And then if he gets arrested for acting wild, he's a liability to the label. And then now we don't have to worry about his ass. Yeah, and liability so, is such a vague term that they could define just about anything as life. You know what I mean? Liability. If I go to the Walmart right now and start talking hella loud and somebody calls security on me, the label could say that I'm a liability. I wasn't arrested or anything, but unlawful yeah. acts are a liability. Like, that yeah. could reflect bad on the label. Or, or something that I'm even thinking about is, like, if allegations are brought to you that, I mean, are proven false, but, like, in the public eye, you're not looked at as good. You're liability for the, for the label, and they can drop you right then. Right. And then based on the fact that I personally had to learn uh, public slander laws because some fake ass claims that were made against me, uh, that is a liability for the label if somebody go bad mouth to you because the label can't sue them for public slander because it's really fucking hard to prove that in court. So like there's this guy on the Internet making vlogs talking about how bad Sony is 
They can't do shit about that because literally under public slander laws, that's not public slander. <laughs> it's just an opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, so people like to throw slander around and like, oh, I'm going to sue you for slander. When you, you can't have to be able to, like, prove, you literally you have to, be able to prove it in court that it's slander, which is so There's hard a fucking to do. example in court documentation. A guy was sued by a company. He, he made a list of the 10 stupidest people at his old job, and his two bosses were one and two. <laughs> then he also linked their personal emails to a website depicting that they were Satanists. They took him to court and the judge threw it out because he said, well, one, him thinking that you guys are the two stupidest people at his old workplace is an opinion. It's an opinionated statement. Two, him thinking that you are a Satanist and making a reference to your personal email does not inflict harm or damage to your character. Therefore, your it is his opinion that you are Satanist. Like they literally couldn't do shit. They threw the shit out. Yeah, no, like the, like the only way like slander would stick is like if you accuse somebody of doing something super heinous to the fact where it like affects their business. Right. And under the laws, it has to either A, be like direct, it has to be directly proven. If, if someone threatens you or makes a statement against you, it has to be directly proven that they have cause or ability to do that. So like if I'm like literally chained to a bed and I say, I'm going to kill you, that's not a threat because I was chained to a bed. I don't have the ability to do it. Yeah. Uh, public slander also can't be called public slander unless it's publicated in media. I have to go to Time Magazine and they have to say that fucking McDonald's is trash. That is public slander. So uh, a lot of times I feel like the label perpetuates that shit because they could just cancel the contract and then recoup all the money they gave you and then just keep recouping money off your name forever. Exactly. Because you're a liability. That terminates the shit they automatically own everything you did with them i feel like they have to be perpetuating that shit because there's all that documentation there's all that documentation of the labels owning stake in prisons in the late 90s and shit like why are the labels not having people go beat up skinny from the nine so they can be like you're a liability and they're gonna keep all the fucking money that they make with his name that i mean that 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 is something that wouldn't be that far out there and and like you were saying earlier the fact that they could prey on people who won't read the contracts, who don't know about those things, who won't who won't take the time to actually look at it. Um, it just be part of the cycle. Shout out to Taylor Swift because I recently re read that in a year or two ago, she did a deal that demanded that artists get all of their stock in Spotify when they signed the major labels. Major labels are taking out fucking stock in your name now. Stock, huh? Stock. She was saying, like, Taylor Swift signed a deal that demanded that everyone sign her label. It was like UMG or some shit. Everybody signed to her label has to get their percentage of stock. So the labels were buying stock in Spotify, booming the fuck out of their artists, pulling their stock and cashing out on it. If you owed the label recoup for your streams, they would keep your fucking percentage of stock. Taylor Swift demanded that all artists get their stock, even if they're in the red for fucking recoup, or she wouldn't sign. Damn. Yeah, I, I know Taylor, I know Taylor Swift has gangster. had yeah, I know Taylor Swift has like had a huge fight with her uh what was it, Big Machine Records. And uh, I'm not down with that though, because she's I, I now I feel like, like I was riding for her until recently because now I feel like she's playing the victim. Cause she yes, was like Yeah, some of the some of the stuff with her masters and everything didn't all the If you don't own it. your masters, then you don't own your masters, you know, period. Like you can't yeah. do nothing about that. You gotta go buy them. If you don't own your masters, you don't own your masters. You can't be like, oh, I want to perform this and when they won't let me. They own it. Yeah, if you sign that in the contract, then that's that. They own it. Like, what do you mean they won't let you? They own it. You gotta go buy your masters. 
Everybody, everybody that's really a boss, they go buy their masters. Exactly. Akon bought some Michael Jackson masters. Pimp C on, I mean, uh, Juicy J on some Pimp C masters. If you're really a boss like that, you go buy some fucking masters. Yeah, no, that, that, that that's like the ultimate move right there. Because of how the game works. I only, I only don't own a few masters and that's because I went through a weird situation. We finally got everything together. I was like, y'all keep that shit. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's not like all your masters, right? It's just from that one period of time. Like I said, I, I only don't own, I have right now on Spotify, I, I counted this morning. I have 27 solo projects on Spotify. I only yeah, I don't that. own the masters to like four of those. Okay. I own 21 of my fucking masters. And that's just how the game works now. You know, I don't work with majors, so I own my masters. Exactly. So this has already been like a talk that has involved like so much great stuff, but like, what so like for artists that are starting to blow up and starting to get that attention towards them that like you know what it might be distribution deals it might be you know minors might become majors might become something might be happening what's some advice that you can give to people who have never had that kind of attention on them before um if you're starting to think about doing work with them type of companies i would highly recommend they probably gonna love this if they hear this i would highly recommend that everybody sign up for united masters united masters TuneCore, or if you can, it's invite only, and now they're more so a consulting company, but STEM. Uh, I have STEM, TuneCore, and United Masters. I primarily distribute through STEM, though. There are literally things that you can sign up for right now for free on your phone. They will give you 75 to 80% in your favor. United Masters is dope because it's an iPhone app. You can literally sign up for digital distribution right now. They give you 80, 20%. You don't even have to fucking pay to upload the shit. And aside from that, whatever you have in your fucking phone right now, you can upload that for distribution from the app right now. You can just open the app, click the fucking upload. It'll search your fucking phone for the music in your iPod. You can put your whole album on your, on whatever right now it's called united masters it's a app like so, you don't yeah. buy so I, I know about united masters and you might, and and for that like especially like younger artists i think it's a very great option and it's i know you're talking and i know you were talking about distro kid beforehand but like the only thing that i've heard about uh united masters after going through their terms and service and like and like watching people go through it as well is is if people do come to you like let's say like right now, you're starting out from nothing. You don't have a distribution deal at all. If somebody else wants to come to you after you sign up for United Masters, United Masters has the right to offer you first, and and you're more pressured to take that dealer than any than right. any other. Huh? It's called a right to refusal, right? Yeah. First right to refusal. Those aren't bad though. Those aren't bad at all. That's actually really good because, uh, for instance, let's say somebody tries to offer you ten thousand dollars for some shit. You're ready to take it. United Masters might be like, Nah, we'll take that shit for twenty five right now. So what a first right to refusal does is it protects everybody. It protects you as the artist. It protects the next investor and it protects the previous investor. Because like I said, let's say Sony wants to come to you right now for like a hundred thousand United masters has the right to try to match that. So if you like United masters, if you like what they're doing, Hey, Sony wants to buy this for a hundred thousand. Fuck. We can't afford that. All right, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Cause cause they can United masters might fuck around and give you 250. Sony wants to give you 150. United Masters might give you 250. It's not a bad thing. I literally just went through one. It sounded scary at first. Yeah. And I yeah. I yeah. Like, from my understanding from it is it was, is it was like 
oh, they have they have the right to refusal. They have the right to offer you first. And then you're like more pressure to take that deal than another one that could come. No, no, no. It's no pressure at all. First right to refusal kind of just protects the investor, you know? Because okay. like yeah. uh, the company that gave me first right to refusal, I'm very, I'm very uh, aware of the fact that they know that I have worth as an artist, you know, especially mm -hmm. from some conversations we've held. So like, yeah, if, if someone if someone was to offer me because like okay so i did i did something with them uh i seen somebody or i did kind of what this guy would call a prove it deal and so they give you like a little bit of money to see if you're working with something or see if you can like recoup it back fast enough and then if they like what they then they like it, one. Then they'll it's kind of like, like betting on yourself right and I, I i don't have to do that i know my worth but uh because of the amount of money they gave me if somebody else comes, I'm not concerned because I know they're not going to be able to afford it, you know? Like, they gave me a very low amount of money. So if somebody else came with 35000 right now, they can't afford that. I'm not concerned. Yeah, so, yeah, so... And so they're with, not... So with that one, they, they if they came with more, they wouldn't be able to match it. But, like, if a United Masters came, they might be able to. So, like, in that in that case, do you think, like, it, it balances out a little bit or do you still think, like, it's a positive, a positive situation for people? Um... Like I said, I I don't think it's a bad situation unless you're just dealing with some super shady people, you know? Yeah. Like if you're dealing with a whack ass company, then it could be bad because then they, they could even fucking lie and say that they will offer more. And then like, it could take forever for you to get out of that situation because they claim to have some money to give you, you know? But like I said, I don't think it's as scary as it sounds. Cause I was terrified of it at first. Like I was like, hell no, I ain't doing that. Like, fuck y'all. Okay. When I read about it more and when I actually fully understood it, like I said, it's just, it's actually kind of a, a common business practice, especially yeah. when you're dealing with like larger companies or larger amounts of money. Cause like yes. I said, it's just, I always try to look at it from a, a more open point of view. Like I said, it's not somebody trying to contest you moving forward with your life. It's more so somebody trying to like, Hey, if the business is good, like, we 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 want to buy the next thing you put out before anybody else has a chance to do that you know it's yeah, kind of actually sense. just expressing how eager the previous company is to do business with you it's not necessarily a bad thing especially with somebody like united masters because like i said what if sony come along and they try to lowball you okay. what if sony try to give you twenty five thousand for your next EP? united masters was ready to do 150. okay then that too what if United Masters like, hey, we want to do another project with you? Oh, uh, well, shit, Sony want to do another project with me. Sony's talking 25000 $25, And then United Masters might go, oh, well, shit, cool, go ahead. Then back in the office, shit, we were ready to get that full 100000 We just saved some money. Like, it's not, it's not bad for anybody. If anything, you might just lose, you know? You could fuck yeah, around and yeah. take an L. You could. And when you explain it like that, it makes a lot more sense from my understanding from it. Like it, it kind of sounds like a restrictor free agent where like a, a guy can go to a team and that team can make him an offer, but the other team has a right to match him. Right. And the thing is, is it's because uh, like you said, you start off kind of as nothing, you know? So like United Masters is like plugged in with like cash app and the NBA and shit. So like, yeah, let's say you get an NBA placement from United Masters and like you fuck around and start generating like, $35,000, a year from your streams. And then, like I said, somebody want to come and, like, buy that shit for some cheap-ass amount. You know, like, United Masters is like, like, nah, we got you. Like, we got to, like, we believe in your shit so much that we'll give you 20% when you sign up in our fucking, in our app. 
Okay. And like, and like, yo, your your shit is bubbling right now. The NBA wanted to take it. Like, oh, okay, well, you know, Def Jam wanted to work. Like, hey, whatever Def Jam offers you, we ready to give you 150000 You know, like, it just expresses like, hey, we think we can do something more with your work than the next person. So when they want to buy it, let us know. Because we yeah. might be ready to give you more money than them. And since the fact that United Masters was made by people who have been in the industry and they already have those connections, it might even be your, it might already be your first step in the door. Exactly. And the thing is, too, you have to remember about first right to refusal. Uh, it specifies in contract they have to match or they have to exceed the offer you get. So okay. it's, never that, it's, it's not it's not like someone can come with 50 and they can make you take 25. Look, if shit get bad, have somebody fake offer you a million. That's as long true. as there's paperwork, who can be like, oh, that's not a real deal. Nah, man, we ready to get this motherfucker a million. What you got? How can they prove that's a lie, you know? If somebody says they're ready to give a million dollars on contract, can you give me a million? Okay, I'm going with them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like that. specifies that. And, and so obviously you're very knowledgeable on, the, on these topics, and you've been in the game for like 10 years. How long have you been doing these one-offs, doing distribution deals and stuff like that? Um... My first situation was probably about five years long because I had to wait for the contract to expire. So about five or six years, I've been doing one-offs. Because, okay. like, most recently, I had a song that's, like, seven years old featured fucking Better Call Saul. And that was just because of a partnership that I did a long-ass time ago and when I was going through my label situation. And that's why I'm knowledgeable because when I was going through this situation, I read as much as I could. Like, I was like, this ain't going to never happen to me again. And I started to see that, like, yeah, as an independent force, people think that I'm, they don't think I know what I know, you know, or people don't think that I'm able to, like, attain some law help or legal help. They don't think I can get somebody to, like, draw, up, draw me up paperwork. Like, they, they literally try to take advantage of you. Like, people will literally text you something like, hey, a uh, couple hundred bucks weekend. Like, motherfucker, I spent a couple hundred bucks on sandals. Like, <laughs> Like, I'm very successful, even if it doesn't look like that. I choose for it to look how it looks. Yeah. But um, that's no, I, the thing. I know, I know just, you're a shoe guy, like, so I know you can drop. Oh, money. hell yeah. <laughs> no, and I wasn't flexing. I was, like, just, you know, a, a, a passionate example, you know? Because, yeah. like, you just have to, like, you got to learn shit. Like I said, I've been probably doing one-offs like six years. And every time it's just because, for, like. For people, hey, who don't know, for people who don't know, can you explain what a one-off is to them? Oh, one-off is when you do a just one project. We will do one project, 50-50 split for distribution. If there is any recoup, uh, if there's any uh, advance or any money spent on the release or the distribution of this project, they are to recoup that back. And then from that, there, it goes 50-50. And they last five, they usually last five years. So, and like Below System, I've been working with Below System for just about 10 years, right? I have over 20-something albums with Below System, right? Mm -hmm. Every one of those is a one-off. So you re-sign every up, time? He's drawn up 21 contracts. And at each time he, like, give you an advance? No. No. No, I only take advances when – because, okay, like, the company came to me. Like, both companies came to me. Like, hey, we want to work with you. And I told them straight up, I'm shopping. Well, how much are you looking for? Ten racks. 
I didn't get that. I got close, but I didn't get that. <laughs> Which, by <laughs> the way, time, no, matter, like, no matter what you're doing, just, that's always a good, like, negotiating tactic. Like, oh, I'm just, like, I'm getting quotes right now. I'm, I'm, I'm shopping right now. So, so they don't focus that, on closing you, you know, right and, it, and it wasn't a lie either. Like, literally, like, I was just like, nah, if ain't nobody going to try to give me. And I do that because uh, I said this shit on the internet this morning. It cost me $3,500 to $4,000 to release the project. Like, that's artwork. That's total... Uh, Cause I go to the studio, like I don't go and record a whole project. Like I go and craft and sometimes the album creation takes like two months. Um, I will like go to the studio different times at the rate that I pay, like the whole tally up for what it costs to get an album mixed, mastered, the artwork done and the whole studio time, all of that. I'm not even counting gas and weed that I smoke, just studio time, artwork, mixing and mastering. That shit cost me like $3,500 per album. And I have like 27 of them shits on Spotify. Damn. So that's why I'm like shopping now, you know, because it's yeah. like, oh, I spent $4,000 on this shit. Or I'm going to spend $4,000 on this shit. And then now I'm in a bigger range. So people want to see more exciting shit. I need to buy features. Like I need some money straight up. And I'm not, I, I come to find that amongst artists, it's actually common for you to, factor in your living in your advance i don't do that shit i pay my bills how i pay them you know like mm -hmm. i make sure that everything that i recoup from my streams and everything i get from my money i mean my musical income i make sure all my bills is paid before anything Which whatever's then we bust that down to make more projects so i don't ever be like oh i'm about to go like you see me wearing, like, I got a coach rag on because I bought that shit with my money. They sent the advance. I was like, all right, I'm blowing my shit because I'm going to the lab this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that little couple hundred dollars I had in the stash, I'm going to coach with that. Fuck this. I've never spent no advance on no bullshit. Like, all that shit goes straight back into the pot, and then when the pot refolds over, that's when I go blow. So, like, yeah. all my shoes and shit is me. Like, I'm, I'm very smart about my shit because... I got a child now, but even before her, like, I, I, I've been with my girl for, like, 10, 11 years, so, you know, I live with somebody. I got to have my fucking half of the rent. <laughs> exactly, and, and I think people don't really realize that, like, an advancement is an investment in you that they're planning to get back and more, so some people might just go and just blow it on, blow it on, the, blow it on the rag, blow it on the shoes, and not even, like, focus on making the good quality product, and the fact that you're taking the the initiative to be like, yo, I'm getting, I'm going to get my bill paid with my money. And then all the money I get, that's going into music. That's going into art. And see, or I'll be smart about it, you know, because you get recoups because you get money coming in. Like, yeah, take that advance and pay the fucking rent off for two months. Now I don't got to stress about where the fuck I'm asleep. And I can literally just post up for two months in the living room and just vibe the fuck out. Like you just got to be yeah. smart about your spending. Like, and the thing is, is like, yeah, you, you treat yourself, you celebrate, but like you said, it's an investment, you know? And as long as you're, as long as you're receiving money like that, as long as you're getting money coming in like that, it's always going to come. So the thing is, it's like, nah, don't fucking blow it on bullshit because it's always going to come. Stack that shit because the harder you go in your projects, the more fucking money will come. So then you'll fuck around and get a fucking half a million dollar situation it's like okay yeah we're definitely going to gucci with some of this though like we've got plenty to fucking create with. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and see and that's the thing like if you keep putting quality music into it not not only are not only is the advances going to get bigger the expenses will go up a little bit too but at some point it's going to be profit that's when you really start to 
the, the quality of, of the like the quality services, like whatever, however much more of the expenses and the services go up, that's how much more the quality is going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you now you're spending one hundred and fifty dollars for two hour sessions. Right. But the shit sounds so fire. Like now fucking Instagram influencers are playing this shit like your streams are so fucking crazy now that like your price increase doesn't matter, you know? And yeah. like, yeah, my services, they increased over the years. But like I said, it got to the point where like that shit doesn't even matter. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Now, at, at some point, it's going to be pretty fixated. It's not going to go up exponentially like hopefully your advances will. Right. And it's to the point now where it's like I find myself creating even more often now. You know, like I sat down randomly and just factored out how much it costs. And I was like, damn. And I'm going like fucking all year that's crazy like i'm doing pretty fucking well for myself yeah. and not even on the like oh look at all the shit in your closet look at all the things you own like no flexing or no bullshit you know i'm sitting down like yo nigga you're forking out four racks to put out an album you're fucking booming like that's fantastic dog you're putting out four racks per album you're dropping like seven of those shits a year you're doing fucking great like fuck all the shoes you have you spend four racks to drop an album that is fucking commendable it is, it is. especially under your art like that that's that's massive and like i said i'm not signing nobody so like that has to be some type of a sentiment i either have to be psychotic or committed <laughs> you or know both. right like i either have to be crazy or crazy <laughs> <laughs> and so uh and so it, it, the situation you're in is is your, your perspective is did you freeze sorry you still there yeah yeah i'm still there okay sorry somebody was like facetiming me and it got oh, okay no you got like, it like you I, went I, away I, and stuff i was like what happened <laughs> i have to uh, do that on my twitch like am i still moving did it freeze <laughs> <laughs> fantastic so uh what was i gonna ask you were saying the situation i'm in oh, yeah, am so, i so the situation you're in is is pretty unique and i feel like you can uh have a really unique perspective on it where you where you got all these distribution deals for a long period of time but in that time the marketing the digital the digital streams have like evolved in a completely different way so how has the distribution deals like affected like what was it like when you first started was it just like physical distribution was it just like marketing that way and today what does it evolve like the marketing and distribution what has that evolved into to be honest, because I wasn't as well knowledge when I should have been, I feel like it's the same. You know, like, to be honest, it probably was better. Really? Like, there probably were a lot more markets and a lot more extensions that you could reach with different distribution companies. Now there's not too many, or now it's more so just like, it's like a DIY thing now, you know? Like, you can do it yourself. But before, like, they were like, people like Fool's Gold were giving distribution deals. You know, like, like that's a very big minor label. Yeah. Uh, people like Stone's Throw were giving distribution deals. You know, like, oh, you get a final. You get a fucking CD, you know? And I think it, it may so more just be, like, where you are and what you're going for. So just for myself, I feel like maybe it was better. Like, I don't know. Cause, and then also, too, I don't want to make it seem like I'm, like, fucking Wiz Khalifa or anything like that, like. I do very well because I work hard and because I live how I live, you know, like if you want to live a certain way, you might need more money. You know what I mean? Like I don't really require a lot of shit. Like I'm, I'm a very laid back guy. I just like shoes and video games. Like (laughs) I don't require a lot of shit. And like, 
So like I said, I don't I don't want it to make it seem like I'm a millionaire or some shit. Like I'm a thousandaire, but it's just so much recoup and it's just so frequent because of how I'm blessed to work. Like I've just always worked like that. I used to write whole fucking albums in like a week, just laying around at my mom's house with no car. Like when I'm like 19, 20 years old, like trying to figure life out, I was literally just writing notebooks full of shit. So I've always just had the ability to create a lot. It takes a lot of fucking time though. Yeah. Like I'd say out of the 27 projects that I have uploaded to Spotify right now, honestly, I would only call 15 of those motherfuckers successes. You know, I mean, like even still, my still first a really good ratio. The South Sack Mac, I, I would call that a failure. You know what I mean? And that's just because I didn't know a lot of things and I wasn't able to market the way I do now. Uh, I've been blessed to find myself uh, spiritually and artistically. I didn't really know who the fuck I was as an artist when I was first doing shit. Uh, and the South Sack Mac is actually my first release ever, like on vinyl and CD. Uh, that was the first album that I ever had in a fucking Best Buy. Like my mind was blown by that. But yeah, I didn't see any money for the South. The South Sack Mac came out in like 2015 because of all the label shit and the bullshit that happened with it. I literally did not see my first recoup for the South Sack Mac until 2019. It was like fucking Damn. October and it was like $75. And I was already doing so much more shit that I was like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I told my girl, I was like, I finally got paid for the South Sack Mac. I think I fucking took her out to dinner with that money. Like, I was like, I finally got paid for that shit. I didn't think I was like, ever going to recoup back. Cause and like we got an advance for it, and we had spent so much money in like the videos and the marketing and shit. Like it just didn't hit, you know what I mean? Uh, and like even my projects with Triz, America's Most Blunted Part One. Like I didn't start getting paid for that until like 2017. Like Damn. the money wasn't nothing, you know. It was like yeah. probably like 200. I like, I couldn't I couldn't pay my half of the rent with it, you know? No, like I'm 2017. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that shit wasn't doing anything for me. It just started to grow because we continued to do work. We were going out on tours. We were promoting. and You know what I mean? Like, it just started to snowball. It came out in, like, 2014. We ain't had no damn money since then. I was fucking struggling hard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was trying to have the rent. That shit didn't really start generating profit till we did AMB2. We started making more groundwork. Like, shit takes time. You know what I it mean? Does. You might not see any money for something out in 2019 and 2021 exactly and that's something i try and tell artists too where it's like even though because i help them with marketing and stuff and sometimes there people are a little hesitant to be like oh should i be putting money into marketing and you got to realize that, that marketing and all this is a, is a long-term game you might not see a return until later down the road but right if this, and, is, if this is what you want to do then uh, you got to be committed I, I, I've been like, I've been on the up and down for marketing forever. Like I've been like almost chasing companies to the point where like, they've literally told us shit like, thanks for sending this over, but we'll pass. So like marketing is extremely crucial and for every, like people always ask, why aren't you bigger? Why aren't you? Cause I don't have any marketing. I do everything for like from my fucking hand. I do everything from wherever I am when I drop that shit from my phone. Yeah, you know, that, that's what I was going to say. Do you do any sort of marketing, any social media ads, anything like that? Like Marketing myself. I stopped doing Facebook, Instagram ads because they're being sued for it because that shit's fraud. What Facebook is doing, so like you got 1,500 followers, right? 
if you post some shit with a link or if you post something advertising something, you are only averaging maybe like 200 out of your 1,500 followers because of the algorithm. Um, when you buy an ad, what they do is they unlock your fucking whole 1,500 and then any other fucking people that you like kind of put in your little search reference period. Uh, that was just a theory until one day somebody hit me up and was like, hey, I just wanted you to know that uh, every time you do Facebook ads, it tells me your shit dropped and like I already know because I follow you and like like I have notifications turned on for your shit and then I'll go on my phone and like it's telling me that you dropped some shit. So, and then there's an open lawsuit right now. Facebook is being sued for like their mishandling of fucking uh, of Instagram and Facebook ad purchasing. But yeah, uh, I just do interpersonal marketing. I try to talk to who I know is listening. Like, so I'll graph my statistics, then I'll take them and I'll try to work them in real life, not through the algorithm and not through like tactics or, well, through different tactics that are engaging personally, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I, I stopped paying for marketing and I stopped trying to market on a wide level for a short time, like just for now, because like I said, it's kind of fraud, you know? Like all, all it really does is kind of just the algorithms and shit are really worked against artists and you got to spend Almost a definitely. lot of fucking money for the marketing to properly work. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have that budget yet. <laughs> when, uh, so when you say, uh, you you would like use an ad, did you, did you do like, uh, like a promoted post or did you like actually use like the ad manager and like go into that and create an ad? No, like I have ad manager. Like I went in, okay. I set things up. I said like weekly, monthly, like, no, I have like full fledged oh, ad okay. campaigns. I have hell of them. Cause I owe Facebook like $500 for one. <laughs> like I took my credit card. Once I read all that, I was like, Oh fuck that. Yeah. Like, yeah, y'all be ripping me off. Cause like I said, I don't really, I don't, I don't like the engagement that I get. And I, I, I feel like it's hella fake, you know? And then, uh, I've actually noticed like if I screenshot my last ad to my last engagement with no ad, just off me constantly engaging and trying to talk to who I know is listening my statistics are way fucking higher than what Facebook ever gave me. Like it's way better to kind of just based on the fact of where the world is socially, it might sound crazy, but I think even the government realized this, it's kind of just more effective to just wild the fuck out on the internet right now. That's yeah. the most effective marketing, you know, like just go to your page and talk to who the fuck is listening. Cause yeah. even if only four people jump in your live, somebody's going to share that shit or, you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. just like, it's kind of just smart to just be on the net at all times. Like whatever yeah. you're doing, you just need to do that shit at all times. Yeah, and yeah. I'm super anti-social. So I really hate going on live. <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so I could see how definitely your tactic of interpersonal marketing can definitely help you out because because basically you're telling the algorithm that you're, uh, that you're engaging with these people so much. And when they see that, like these two people are engaging, they're going to show show you each other's content. So if, so right. if you're doing that where you're uh, engaging with everybody, like here, 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 it's going to get shown more through that. So, so you kind of found kind of like a workaround, but like being able to just like show it more to your. But now don't, followers. don't let me sound like a mad scientist though, because I've been working on this shit since 2013. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and like I said, here and there, I do have to go buy promoting. I do have to go like into the ad manager and make full-fledged campaigns but like i said it's just it's it's not effective like i need like a company to go and like promote i need a marketing company you know mm -hmm. i need like a uh i need a uh i need a pr campaign 
And even those are kind of sketch now because most companies are just doing that shit. Like they'll just hit up a bunch of blogs they already know. And like blogs are dead, period. Yeah. Don't let nobody tell you blogs aren't dead. Their blogs are fucking dead unless you're getting on Revolt or something. Yeah. And then, uh, if it's not like blogs, then they'll like, they'll get you on some weird ass, like algorithm ass Spotify playlist, you know? Like it's shit where like you go into your artist page and you're on like a fake Captain America soundtrack playlist. Like, yeah, no fucking shit I'm getting streams because people thought this was the Captain America soundtrack. Yeah, so yeah, there, there's so many ways people inflate their numbers now to basically sell you right. on, on certain things. And yeah, to a certain extent, uh, I totally understand like what Facebook is doing. Like, I, I, I get what you're saying. I need to look into that because that would be crazy if it, they're like locking. Because I know they only show your post to a certain amount, to a certain percentage of it ever since they changed right. the algorithm. And like I'm saying, the way that you're engaging with them, it's going to make them see your post more, make them engage more. So you're, so you're helping yourself out there. So I definitely think everyone should do that. And then, yeah, with the, with the ads and everything, like, yeah, you need somebody else to like really like do that shit and help you out with. To when you get to a point of knowing what audience, like like A/B testing, knowing what audience are going to respond, and in marketing in and of itself, I think people need to realize that the engagement rate is going to be low as it is, and that's why people spend right. so much money getting right. Like if you're everywhere. not, yeah. you're not a Kardashian, like you're not really going to see hell of shit from it. You know what I mean, like. Uh, okay, cool. If you're if you're not spending at least like a thousand dollars per ad post, you're not gonna see shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah, have I mean, to spend a, a lot of fucking money yeah. on it. I and mean, even then, it's not gonna be effective. They're just gonna throw your shit in a bunch of people's explore pages. Yeah. So in in my experience, what I, what I found found has like worked for like uh, artists like for a long term is if you mm -hmm. is, is if like for five hundred to seven seven hundred fifty dollars a month and you and you and you're willing to invest for like a long term because and share it out for the whole month yeah and not and not necessarily just like be able to throw like five grand into just like one project like hella quickly right, I mean, that, right. that that does have potential but being able to do like the long burn of like people getting to know you because like the whole the whole goal with marketing is to do that first two steps of of finding out people who you are and getting to know your brand. And then if right. that hooks them good enough, they go to your Instagram, they go to your Spotify, they check out your music. And then from there, they start to grow as engagement, as, as fans. And, and that's, and that's a whole key with marketing is you just want to get their eyes in front of you. And then from that point, it's kind of on you. And if you can get like that 10% to come over to you who actually do click on the ads by with how much you spend, because that's why, that's why these companies are spending so much like millions and millions because they want it, They want millions of people to see it. So the 10% that actually engage with it, is a hundred thousand people and then they become lifelong fans and they can make their money off that and too based on the fact that they know like the other tactics you're saying they know these other tactics have different like they have different uh inflation methods so like yeah yeah just simple just simple statistics if you have a hundred and fifty thousand people look at something the ratio of enough people buying it to make like four thousand to five thousand dollars, you only need like a hundred and fifty to two hundred people out of that a hundred and fifty thousand to actually give a fuck. You know? Yeah. And, and you even know, even if it's like one percent of people who buy it, you made your money, you made more than your money back. You know how big that fucking target is. You know, like it's like a giant fucking bullseye. You cannot miss it. You know what yeah. I mean? If you have the money to range the 150k then you're going to hit no matter what. So like, it's kind of like a crapshoot these days. Okay, my bad. Okay, I was doing this interview, my bad. <laughs>
Let me know when y'all get home. My bad. My bad. No, you're good. No, uh, no, no, you're good. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've been talking about business this whole time. I want to talk a little bit about your creative process because. Oh, uh, no, you're good, man. Because, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, we could wrap it up shortly. But the last thing I wanted to like kind of talk about was just kind of like how, how do you go? Because me and you talked a couple of years back and just to kind of like date it for everyone to know. Last time we talked, we were talking about your creative process and how you go back to what you know, where uh, whenever you're kind of like feeling whatever. And like you said earlier in this interview, it's like shoes and video games. And it kind of gives yeah. people a date of last time we talked. Uh, you were like, oh, I heard a rumor that at E3, uh, Fallout is going to be like this MMO thing. And it turned out to be Fallout 76. Yeah. So, um, and so, the thing was, is there used to be a Fallout online, but before it could come out, they had like this legal situation. And then uh, it has to be called Fallout 76 because like legally right now, still to this day, Bethesda does not own the name Fallout Online. Online. The company that they worked with owns that name. And that shit literally just like, so uh, yeah, like I'm, I, I try to stay the same yeah. when I create shit. And I also try to stay in a comfortable range. Like I'll literally just put on like whatever I like to watch or I have a fucking playlist on YouTube called for motivation. And it's like just creepy shit dope ass interviews and weird music videos. And I'll just put that shit on mute and just shuffle beats. And uh, since like 2012, I think, I really wanted to focus more so on making like music with feeling, with emotion in it. I didn't want to be focused on what I was saying. And I highly admired people who would like not really have shit to say musically, you know, like they don't have much content in what they're saying, but the shit is dope. So my creative process is really just like feeling you know i'll just sit there and let beats play and i'll let them tell me something literally like i'll just start saying some shit or whatever i feel like i hear on the beat i'll start doing it until it makes sense or until it fits and like i don't force anything anymore you know like before i used to be like i have to rap about these things or i have to say this now i kind of just if i do get an idea i'll resonate on it you know, like keep that in mind. And when that shit happens, it'll happen. Yeah. And then it just naturally kind of infuses itself into the words. Man. Okay. Like but the that. process I'm on right now. Uh, so I was working on this series. It's a five part series. It's called. Par- uh, it's called. Purgatory. No, what the fuck? See, I didn't forgot my whole shit. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember the last part how the fuck did i forget this it was a five-part series i put out uh paradiso purgatory um the tip of a tab is a replacement for an album called passover passover was part three and then the tip of a tab stemmed like this other side project but i was working on a five dystopia fucking dumbass I was working on a five-part project on Dystopia. And part five was actually going to be Dystopia. But when I started it in 2013, it was about the current state of the world and where I thought it was going. When I did the Passover album, I had like a fuck that that was the situation where it was a two-page contract and the motherfuckers were doing weird shit. So I can't, I scrapped all, like I ripped all that shit offline just to be safe. Yeah. I didn't want any legal problems. And um, after that, I replaced it with another project that started a, a fucking like side trail. 
So where I'm at creatively right now is there's a five-part series that is talking about how people feel in the world right now and what they're going through. And it is talking about how eventually we will end up in a dystopia, which is the entire opposite of a utopia, which is like the most fucked up place imaginable on an earth. Like a dystopia is literally like a fucked up place. Yeah. Um, the side project explains what I am doing and how I feel whilst all of this is going on. So I'm about to loop everything around. I last left off on the tip of a tab, and that was my first time ever taking acid. And I took acid because some people, like, fucked up my last album. Like, all of that is the storyline of the album. I took acid because some people fucked up my last album, and this is the reflection that I had whilst on acid. That's the whole theme of the album. Uh, It ties into Passover, which was the third part of the album, which was, like, trying to enlighten, like trying to get out of all the bullshit that you realize you're around. The fourth part of the album is going to be called, uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in limbo about the title, but it might be called limbo. So how it ties into my side project in limbo, everybody's just like hopeless period. Like the album is literally just hopelessness. I did an album after the tip of a tab called Nimrod. Nimrod was about me receiving enlightenment and like spiritual power from a deity. There's a part two to Nimrod called Nephilim. And then there is going to be a part three to it called Dio. After Dio, so Limbo, everybody is hopeless. But while I am in this land of hopelessness, I'm enlightening. Okay. So part five, dystopia, it's going to be a full around outcome. Like Dio is going to be the album about me and reaching my full power. Then I'm going back to the dystopia series and ending it with, okay, now I'm Dio. And I realize that we're a full blown living on hell on earth. And like, like this is what's going on. This is how I fit into how everybody else feels about the current state of the world. Bro, that sounds like a whole like anime saga. I'm, I'm in it. It's very deep. It has hella arches. Like, it, at my crib, I live in San Diego. At my crib, I got hella shit on the wall, like, writings and shit. Like, it, it's it's an arc. And one day, I'm going to, like, really, like, put it all together. Because I know a lot of people might think I'll just be bullshitting that shit out of my Like, no, no. it all together. Like, literally, you can listen to all of those albums right now, and you will literally hear what I'm explaining to you. Yeah, no, I, and, I, and I've seen, like, the body of work you've done and how much effort and quality you put into it. So, like, I, know, I know this ain't no bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> long application <laughs> Dude, I, I like it i like it and so this has already been going on hell long and i love it but uh you where can the people find you first like if anybody want to look more deeper into you uh twitter and instagram chuuw33 if you google my name chewy chuuwe i've music on fucking anything i was adamant about that because uh when i first started i'd be like how do i do this how do i get on this i just started googling that shit then i would go places and people would be like oh you don't have shit on this and so i would go put it on there like literally people would be like you don't have shit on tune fm or whatever it's called I'm like yeah, <laughs> shit on there it's tonight on there. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make that move and you did i like that so yeah i primarily drive people to Spotify though like that's what seems to work for me my spot I just 
I got a hold of my Spotify stats one day and I was like, oh shit, it's going up in here. And so like, I just kept trying to fucking work my Spotify. Yeah, but not, I'm, I mean, your Spotify is pretty lit. Like, I'm on everything. I'm on Apple Music twice somehow. Like, I'm on everything. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Um, I got some old ass weird pays that I can't like keep control of. That's funny. Man, Apple Music is weird sometimes, I swear. It's but, like, blue. <laughs> so, I mean, in this interview, you've already given tons of great information on everything about distribution deals, uh, right to refu- first right to refusal. It's like so much stuff that I feel like any artist who's just getting started or doesn't know a lot should watch. But mm-hmm. I always like to leave my guests with basically if there's one piece of information you can give, whether it be about life, uh, uh, doesn't it doesn't have to be about music, it can be about life, uh, anything, oh, no. dope video games, how to how to make a dope grilled cheese sandwich, anything like. Um. Actually, I guess it would pertain to anything, but uh, I get, it kind of is still about music. Just in, in art in general, in anything that you do, stop asking for people. Like, I get that all the time. People, hey, I want your insight. No, you don't. Hey, can I get your opinion? Hey, you're my favorite artist. Da, 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 da. And I say that, like, they think I'm an asshole at first to like, explain it to them. You don't want to ask anybody their opinion of what you are doing, especially if you started doing it for a purpose or a passion. You know, if you're mm-hmm. just doing because your friends are doing it then like yeah whatever i guess you know ask them what they think about it because they're the ones that got you doing it but if you seriously started some shit because you care about it or because you want to do something then it doesn't matter what the fuck it sounds like or you know what i mean like you got to whatever the fuck you want to do because you're doing it and how you want it to sound or how you feel when you hear it or how you feel when you draw the picture or how the art looks to you when you fucking like flip it upside down. Like whatever you're doing in life, do it because you want to do it. Don't ask people their opinion. Don't ask them what they think. Cause then you'll fuck around and have like a thousand people supporting you behind you. And you ask that one person and they're like, this shit trash. Now you're trying to change it for one person and a thousand people thought that shit was dope. You know? So like, just keep doing whatever you're doing. Cause like everything is literally based on perspective. And, like, everybody gravitates to some shit for a reason. Some of my favorite fucking artists, I quote-unquote thought I hated them when I first heard them. Yeah. No, you know? no. Yeah. So, like, in anything in life, if you're fucking, if you're dancing, like, don't ask me, hey, how's my dancing look? Hey, do I look good doing this? Like, no, fuck that. However you want to look when you dance, you do that shit. Like, I just, love that. Whatever you do in life, do that shit because you want to do it and not for how somebody may respond to it or what you want their opinion to be. Just do that shit because you did it. Damn. That truly thank you so much. That was a great one to leave it on. I everyone <laughs> should be everyone should listen to that and resonate with it. I appreciate the interview. Like I said, you just you don't want to change your shit for two people. Then they'll fuck around and get tired of it, you know? And then who's it for? Nobody. And then now everybody's like, oh, this shit trash. Or like, nobody can relate to that shit anymore because you're like trying to match it for like two people's perspective right there. Like, just just let that shit resonate. Put it out there and somebody will gravitate toward it on some Noah's Ark shit. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, that's good.